When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. That's Megan. That's AJ. I'm Rudo. Uh, it's a Friday, so we figured we'd have fun. We'd have good vibes. Gonna go from Friday to Friday. Yeah, it's it's a long weekend too, so you know we gotta we gotta do it right. We, we gotta, gotta be feeling long. good. Is that what they call it now? <laughs> it's not not in this country yeah, but well, it just works out it's the, i've heard of canada they call it summer long right i guess it would be yeah yeah okay uh, not that i'm a master of canada or anything but i don't limit yourself i don't <laughs> think they have one i mean it used to be the queen but uh, i technically still is yeah i don't know what i mean i guess it's the king now but i don't i don't know who their overlord is anymore yeah i guess it's just the king huh <laughs> Don't know. Good luck, Canada. That's all I got for you on that one. No, today... They're, they're absentee father. <laughs> <laughs> Went out to get a country really quick and never yes, came back. Right. <laughs> Went out to get another country real quick. Uh, no, we're talking oh, uh, the Avs Stanley Cup run because we want to reminisce about it and we want to feel good and, and get some hype on the Avs. So uh, I, I wanted to start here because... Later in the show, we'll get to my list of, of favorite memories of the run, and I'm sure we'll get to y'all's, too. There's not a whole lot to say about round one of 2022. Yeah. So, like, obviously, game one, um, the way that it starts where they break an NHL record. Sure. Because they scored an even strength goal, power play goal, and a shorthanded goal in the first 10 minutes of game one of a playoff series. And then series. never saw that goalie again. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, ended David Riddich's, uh, uh Predator's career. Yep. Um, kind of set the tone for that series properly. Yeah. Burkowski's weird goal going through yeah, the netting. Yeah, through the I forgot about the through the net goal. That's yeah, a good call. Yeah, that was the start of game three four. or four. One of the two, Yeah. yeah. That's an all-time weird goal. Uh, if you ever watch those weird NHL compilations on YouTube, like I like to when I'm falling asleep. Those uh, are fun. It's, it's always in there. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It, yeah, that one. Was that, was that a weirder goal experience or the Kadri thing? The Kadri overtime in, against Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, the Kadri. Up there in, in my eyes. Kadri was way weirder to me. Well, it was an overtime winner that nobody on earth reacted to except Peter McNabb and Bowen Byram. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I was sem somewhat confident that Burakovsky's goal went in the net. I was, too. Even though, like, they kept playing. I had no clue where the puck was for Kadri. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I remember the watch-along for yeah. it where we were like, Vasilevsky's incredible. Yep. Like, I don't know how he made that save. <laughs> this is inc this is insane. Are they ever going to score? Because they had been buzzing for five minutes. Yep. And turns out, Vasilevsky wasn't that good. Yep, they did <laughs> score. In fact, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I won't jump ahead to that memory because that one is one I wrote about. But it mm. is individually also <laughs> incredible for a few reasons. 
yeah, I. It's. I don't know. I. I like that Nashville series doesn't stand out in a lot of ways. It's a sweep. Yeah. Uh, and the Avs, like, completely dominated. Despite series. a couple of close games, the series was not close at all. But I, that's where I think Game Four was really interesting because they. It was the first time they trailed in the series. Mm-hmm. They give up the lead in the third period. They go from a tie game to trailing by one, and you just saw the thing that would go on to define that cup run where they were just like, nah, we ain't doing this. Exactly. And you could see the difference, the difference in skill level between the teams as they got deeper into the postseason, because when they shifted gears against Nashville, they tied the game immediately and then took the lead immediately after that. Like it was like Nashville led for like four minutes maybe. And then it was over. Yep. And you would see as it would go on, um, that would become a common theme of when the Avs got pissed and decided to be the best version of themselves, they were unstoppable. There wasn't any team that could hang with them at that point. And poor Nashville, who <laughs> would not have had the Avs in round one had they not blown a 3 nothing lead in the first period against Arizona in game 82 of their season. Yeah. Could have avoided that embarrassment and instead got straight buzzsawed. This, that series was a bit like the trolley problem for the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. On one track, you can just go along in the playoffs just fine. Or on the other one, you can win a Stanley Cup, but you have to murder a hockey franchise. Well, and it's kind of interesting because... That was really good, Rudo. I just want to say... <laughs> it was not were, that good. I really It was it. not that good. <laughs> I'm glad Megan liked it. <laughs> But I, I, you look at you look at that that run, and three of the four teams they beat, they have sent into a negative direction since. That's true. Yeah, and like it's like for Edmonton, it's like a minor step back from round three to round two. Yep. But St. Louis and Nashville are now in shambles, <laughs> and uh, Tampa Bay, like that we'll was see. yeah that was their chance to be a true dynasty. Yep. The three peat. And uh, it would have been four in like 12 years or something. Yeah, the abs just took it from them. Yep. So, neener, neener. And they've since absorbed Rascal and Ryan <laughs> Johansson. Ryan Johansson. Harvesting temporary the hockey parts. villain. We, we always talk about the, it would be, how cool would it be if you could pick a player from the team that you, you beat eliminate. in the playoffs? Abs are like, we're going to yeah. find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> these little guys yeah yeah they're just just going for it and they looked at st louis and said i'm good (laughs) actually yeah they yeah they there's really not a lot to be picking from there i mean it's like the forwards that they would want don't really fit in colorado very well for whatever there's a myriad of reasons for that it's okay they have a team water bottle that counts for st louis (laughs) yeah I mean, everybody needs a villain, and Jordan Bennington just gets to be that guy. <laughs> uh, all right. So, is this have we figured out the secret sauce? Come, uh, come trade deadline day, should we just have a list of all of the players on Edmonton? Is that like, or Seattle <laughs> from last year? Bring Bertie back. <laughs> Don't think that was going to work no, out. No, I like but. it. Count your days, Edmonton. We're taking one. Of <laughs> Someone's these. coming to Colorado. Just send them that soon meme. <laughs> you can see the cat's eyes peeking out over the top of the bed. Yeah. 
a lot of what I would have liked Colorado to take from Seattle got taken. Yeah. Of the things that like they could actually exactly. get. I agree. Because Berkey would be awesome, but that's just not never going to happen. Right. Thanks, Vancouver. <laughs> Jerks. Yeah, well, you can never have what you want, AJ. It's true. Just be happy you didn't end up in Minnesota. Uh, anyway, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people have separated themselves from the vibes of that playoff run. Obviously, last season's playoff run with a losing to Seattle in the first round. The anti-vibes. Yeah, they, it was the opposite of vibes, that whole playoffs, from literally before puck drop when Jack Johnson is getting hurt. Uh, so mysteriously. Right. Like, in warm-ups, nobody really knows what the injury was. That was all of last season. This cup run was the opposite all the way through. It was just banger times. With weird injuries, but they were just able to overcome it because they were so good. True. Starting with the Nashville series and Darcy Kemper. Probably yep. one of the more memorable parts of that series because everything else about it was so easy for the Avs that definitely posed a problem down a fair the line. point. Not a maybe not a top moment, but definitely not a top moment. A defining <laughs> moment well, of definitely a defining yeah. moment. Because if you're like, why did Pavel Francois win six games? <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> Because he had to. Yeah. <laughs> Just that simple. Um you move on to the blues <laughs> series. Take a moment, set the cadre stuff aside. Let's talk about the rest of the St. Louis series. Annoying series. Yeah. Watching St. Louis get break after break after break after break. All of their goals for the first like four games were off of a stick or off of a body. Like very, very few clean goals. I guess there was the game two where they won. 3-1 in Denver, and they just straight beat the Avs. But it, even that, even even a couple of those goals were nonsense. That was the series where it felt like by the end of it, and when the Avs won, it was like, okay, they're so good that even if luck isn't on their side, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, even like, straight nonsense. Because, yeah. I mean, you remember the, one of the games in St. Louis, it starts and Colton Pareko throws like this nothing shot on net and just... Hits Devontae's and goes in, yeah. and you're like, what the f... And you're, you're several games into this happening, and it's like, this is annoying. And that's what I remember from it, is that they they weren't getting breaks. There were very few of the things that, like, you can't control. You know, like the Josh Manson coming up with that big save in game six where he slides in front of Kairou on the power play when Kemper was out of, out of position. Like... That's a great play by an Av. Yeah. Like that's not luck. You know, that's a that's a guy makes a better play than another guy. Nobody is shooting being like, oh well. I'm planning for this to go off of a guy's stick and change a quarter of an inch in direction and just sneak into the net or whatever. <laughs> you know, you can hope for it. Yeah, sure. That's why you just throw pucks at the net sometimes. Maybe something good happens. But Watching the Blues just get all those little things and then losing Gerard the way that they did. Yeah. Um, and and being like, okay, well, now Jack Johnson is in your lineup. 
permanently. Yeah, yeah. For, the, for the rest of the for the rest of the run. That that was a hard one too. Um, just the just you know Gerard Gerard's a good player and Jack Johnson did well. He was fine. They'd ended up being fine, but it sure felt like that could have gone. That that could have been one of the big defining moments, and it just they didn't let it be. Yeah, that was another understated defining moment. I think people were quick to see the end result that the Avs were still able to win the cup and sort of be dismissive of the role Gerard could have played in that. Such a dumb argument. And I also agree. You know, it's just like the path is just made a bit more difficult, even though on the whole, the path for the Avs doesn't look that difficult. Those weird injuries along the way to multiple players start to add up, that Mm -hmm. being a really key one. And we were also fortunate to watch such a good Bowen Byram, even though the finishing touch wasn't quite there. We got some really great hockey from him when the Avs needed it most. And so I think that became an important part. I, I think with the St. Louis, I remember the wasted Nathan McKinnon game, if I'm thinking correctly, it was in the St. Louis series. Yeah, that was another five. defining moment I, for the Avs to course correct. <laughs> and honestly, they really course corrected so quickly. It was an impressive part about the run for them because that was obviously not something they could repeat because they couldn't afford to repeat. The Nathan McKinnon hat trick should be on my top five lists. Mm-hmm. It should be, yep. but it's it not spoiled. because it was wasted. Ends up replaced by like the Darren Helm moment, which was yeah. awesome also dope, yeah. but awesome in yeah. its own right. But like, as far as like level of greatness, yeah, not quite as it. It should have. It should have been. Like an the, all-time the, the avalanche Nathan moment. McKinnon yeah. moment. Like yeah. the coronation of Nathan McKinnon is a franchise all-time great. Yep. It, that's it sh- and it got should have been on every highlight reel for the rest of time. And I mean, you want to like like we we obviously speed bag the abs because they blew that game. Yeah. They blew that game twice. They should have easily won that game. And but you go back and you look at some of the goals that got scored against them and you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> You know, like that last Robert Thomas one, the one after the McKinnon one where they retie the game. Yeah. And it's 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 it ping pongs off of three dudes in front of the net. And you're like, and what lands on a guy's stick do? on the back door and yep. he just slams at home. And you're like, what is <laughs> happening here? Like, this is it, that moment got like that great moment got stolen. Yep. Still dope. Goal, I, but if if. That moment doesn't get stolen. I wonder how it changes the Conn Smythe conversation. Yeah. Because he would have had... Nathan McKinnon winning a series. Yeah. He would have had such a such an iconic moment. Such an indelible, like, you cannot take this away. He put the stake in the heart of the second round curse nonsense. And instead, it only fed the curse's <laughs> power for 48 hours. <laughs> uh on that note, we are brought to you by Splash Sports. If you're running pools, Splash Sports is a great place to use. You can go to splashsports.com slash DNVR to sign up today. Uh, you can also enter the DNVR Pickex contest, which we'll be running all season long. Doesn't even matter what sport. Uh, you can enter into DNVR's Pickums, and we have great prizes that you can get it in on with Splash Sports. Uh, our uh, football Pickex thing is first place wins seriously like $7,000. It's actually an outrageous amount of money. Uh, and even if you don't win, you can still get a lot of money. I think second place gets two grand and third place wins a grand as well. 
So there are lots of money to be had when it comes to Splash Sports and DNVR. So be sure you're getting in on the action. Uh, go over there, sign up from splashsports.com slash DNVR. Uh, you can get into our contest for just $20. Uh, a ton of other contests as well beyond football. As we're going to have some NBA and, and NHL ones once their seasons start getting up and running. And like I said, if you don't want to be part of ours, if you run your own pools or you want to join a friend's pool, it's a great way where they will organize everything for you and you can get it all set up through Splash Sports. Such a dumbass. I'm sorry. What did you do now? I, oh, we're doing our top 25 list and... I was talking about the Wa stuff, and I was talking about him winning uh, three con Smythes. Mm-hmm. He did not win three in Colorado, and we were no. limiting it to Colorado. Be impressive if he won three in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sorry, and <laughs> that's literally just yeah happening right now. Is I'm such an idiot. Well, don't be an idiot and sign up for Splash Sports so you can get into those pick'em contests. Or if you want to go full on sports gambling, head over to Bet. Three, six, five. You can go over there. All you have to do is get yourself an account at bet365.com or download the app today. And once you've done that, you can deposit a minimum of $10 uh, and then you can get $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. You can use those bonus bets to do whatever you want. You can bet on the Avs. You can bet on hockey, uh, which KHL is back officially a professional league is playing hockey again as of today you can bet on that uh, or you can bet on whatever you want football season college football obviously everyone is is betting big on right now that's an option for you uh, whatever it is you feel I'm not going to be picky about it I love their esports betting myself counter-strike 2 is it's out folks it's the, the beta is open beta now so get in on it uh, turn $1 into $200 with Bet365's bonus bets. Download the app today. Use the code at DNVR365 when you sign up to get those $200 in bonus bets. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast and... Our top five, presented by 365. Uh, where there's a lot of honorable mentions that aren't going to be on this list that I'm sure some of you will be in your top fives. We'll start with my top fives, and then we'll get into the rest of them as well. Uh, at number five, I think it's... Yeah, okay. This was this was Leckie's uh, conference final winner. I only put it at five because... They were up 3-0 in the series. Yeah. The series was pretty much over. The Avs were going to win that thing. But the actual moment of overtime winner moving on to the cup final was still very high on the list for me. Yeah, and, and I think that game is one of the most fun games of the run to watch because it was... I mean, Edmonton really should have won that game. They should have. And they were... I mean, you're down... I think they're down 3-1 going into that third period. Yep. And they make it 3-2 immediately. Yep. And then it gets to 4-2. And you're like, okay, this is a... This probably isn't in the cards. And then they do it. Yep. And I think that was, again, like I said about the game four against Nashville, became a defining characteristic of that run was... They took every single team's absolute best punch and absorbed it and 
counterpunched like a motherfucker. <laughs> because, I mean, to do that, you're down 3-1 going into the third period. They're playing for pride at that point. They're playing, they're playing to win a home game, you know, to, for the right to go lose in Denver. Cool. Knowing the Avs' recent history, maybe the right to come back and lose in Edmonton in Game <laughs> Six, but whatever. And going from three-one to three-two, okay, great, you're feeling good. But when it was four-two, that was when you were like, "This is really probably done." And then they just kept going, and they get the lead, and the the Zach Cassian thing happens. Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, historically speaking, the team that ties the game up late in the third wins, period yeah. wins in overtime. And in the abs, it was what, like a minute into overtime? <laughs> they win that far, game. Yeah. And it was very close to a high stick. It was very close to a high stick. To be honest, it might have been. Like, it doesn't matter now. It was, it was close enough that I, if you're an Edmonton fan, you're probably like, Argh. but also, like, it was yeah. game four of a three nothing series. And you would have lost later in overtime anyway. Stop. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that le- and that lucky winner, the way that it happened, where you're like you're like locked in, it's all you know, yep. you have, it's a face off, and then all of a sudden, Lekkinen has the puck alone. There's nobody anywhere near him. Yeah, alone in front of the net, and Mike Smith is not in it, and you're <laughs> just, it's like, it it felt like time was in super slow motion when it happened because if you go and watch that watch along, you and I are like yelling. Yeah. as that play Puck's is not unfolding. even in the net. Yet. Yeah, yeah, um, Because we're like, oh my god, this is it. This is happening. It's the Cup final. Um, yeah. So as a number five, a, a worthy entrant on the list, and uh, just a, I actually have goosebumps just thinking about that and just how fun it was. I think that's the game too, where there was the fan who had recorded the Avs bench like in a taunting way, and then yeah. at the end they had a, like an updated video <laughs> of the celebrations <laughs> and how the course of events changed so much mm-hmm. inside that game. I think it speaks to the course correction that we've talked about with the Avs being able to apply changes quickly. You hear players talk about things like having a short-term memory when it comes to mistakes, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. The Avs were required to have something of short-term memory during some of the the tough moments in games. And this was such a testament to their ability to course correct inside of a game. It became such an important part of the story. I, It, it was a really great moment. It makes me think of, too, inside this series, is this where the Kale McCarr um, offsides, it was onsides tag up. Yeah, it was just, game one. There's such interesting moments inside each of these series of close calls that could have been called a little bit differently, like with the Lekkanen... Mm-hmm. a little bit high um, overtime winner there the Kale McCarr that moment like it's it's a sour obviously memory for the Edmonton side of things but it's interesting like you look at just how much bad luck the Avs had last season and it's not to say they were lucky on this cup run because obviously in the St. Louis series we were talking about how mm-hmm. much misfortune they were trying to navigate as well but it just speaks to why having just a little bit of luck at times too is so necessary. There's just kind of a random a randomness in hockey that is also a part of this cap run, I think. And I think that was part of the Edmonton series because this is also a series wherein Pavel Francois sweeps the Edmonton Oilers. And that's just not a fate that I think anybody really saw coming. But it was very David and Goliath, like Connor McDavid versus the three-eyed goalie. It was sort of this <laughs> Pavel Francouz, and then there's Darcy Kemper there as well. And that's what makes it very heroic in my eyes, too, the way that the Western Conference final played out. Uh, 
not to take anything away from Frenzos, obviously he played very well and did what he had to do in that series, but mm-hmm. I feel no remorse for an Edmonton team with mm-hmm. the best player in the world that could not beat the Avs' backup goaltender. Right, and like uh, a hobbled Leon Dreisaitl yeah. and Vander Kane who gets himself suspended in that series by being a dirtbag. Yep. Like... Nazem Kadri yep. getting hurt at the hands of Evander Kane. Sets up the future moment. Sets but up a future moment also, very nicely. But the Avs have to live without Kadri for a bit. That's also like uh, that's that series. I don't know if there are any other Edmonton moments on that. Uh, on there your are list. not. Okay, so I'll, I'll, my last point about this will be, I think that series probably just best exemplifies because Kemper pulls himself in game one, because yeah. game four is such a mess, because... The cadre thing does happen, like right at the start of a game. You know, yep. there is, and then they have to play without him all game. There's, you know, not like hey, we've moved somebody around in the lineup. Like you just don't have it that forward all game. Yeah. Um, but it best exemplifies the whole Jared Bednar ethos since he got here. Of what's what's happened is happened. We can't change any of those things. Even if it just happened 10 seconds ago, you can't go back in time 10 seconds and take those things back. All that matters is what's immediately in front of you. It doesn't matter that you're down by two goals in the third period of game four. You need to score one to get to two. So worry about the first one. And when you saw him go, when it when it went from 3-1, 3-2, 4-2, yep. it was just, okay, we just get back to it. Yep. We just need get the next one. one. Just yep. get the next one. Worry about one at a time. You can't score three goals in one shot. You can only score one, so get one. And I think that that roster was the best personification of the Jared Bednar kind of philosophy and emotional maturity that he has spent his entire tenure trying to instill in his hockey team. I get so excited about that philosophy of just win the next five minutes and breaking the game down into five minute increments. It's a really challenging concept to actually execute. It's hard not to wear the emotions of something that happens in game. I think the Avs got caught up with that a little bit last year in the regular season. It was challenging, I think, for them to let some things roll off their shoulders. But you're right, they did this so well because he describes, and Nazem Kadri has talked about, the self-motivated leadership inside that locker room. And Mm -hmm. I think that was what pushed them to be able to do that in that cup run. Love it. Number four. This one, I think, a little bit understated, and it's only this high on the list in hindsight. But the Josh Manson save uh, in the St. Louis series yep. that the Avs do go on to win that game. Yep. Keeps it from getting to 3-1, I believe. Yep. And it's obviously Avs fans all know the, the feelings around the second round in, mm-hmm. in Colorado and, and game sevens as well, especially. So... For me, the Josh Manson moment was one that directly altered the course of the playoff run for me. And well, it's not like a huge moment. It's not a super crazy highlight reel. And it, it stems from a chaotic play where, you know, you never want Josh Manson being the guy on his knees in the crease. But he was. Well, and what is Jordan Cairo doing? <laughs> Holding, waiting. Right. Not and shooting. Yeah. Like, all he does is give Josh Manson an opportunity to get in front of him. Yep. It was like it was like he was waiting for Josh Manson to like get up and leave. <laughs> and for Darcy Kemper to still have not recovered, you know? Like it was like, what yeah, are weird. you doing? 
Great play by Manson, though, and it was pivotal in that game. Although, for my money, I think had they gone back to Denver for Game 7, the Avs would have pounded them. I think so, too. But Because they were, they were dominating yep. Game 6 in St. Louis, and that was on the power play. It was the only thing that St. Louis was consistently dangerous in, beginning to end of that series, was on their power play. When the Avs committed a penalty and they had to try and kill it off, it was nervy times. <laughs> and that that save from Manson kept them in it, and because we know that how that game played out, yeah, Billy Huso was really good and not good enough. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about? Uh, I mentioned this earlier this week. It's crazy to me that that's what ran him out of town <clears throat> because that, the series where he was dragging that team's corpse. Yeah, yeah. they were outshot thirty nine to nineteen. <laughs> Not good. And, like, you have no business being in a 2-2 game when you've gotten bodied like that. And that was the other thing from the Avs in that game two against Nashville. What was it, like, 50-20 to 20 yeah. or something? Like, shots on goal? Like, it was, it was insane. It was Connor Ingram's greatest moment. Yep. He had a great game. They had a couple of games like that where they just pounded the other team and could not, could not break through. Because hockey be like that sometimes. Would Connor Ingram even be in Arizona if Kale McCarr didn't exist in overtime? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it was weird that Nashville was so comfortable just being like, oh, yeah. It's fine. He's yeah, gone. We don't need him. <laughs> um, For Kevin right. Lankin in two? But... Yeah. Number three, uh, I have a lot from this series, you might notice. Darren Helms, winner of, of round two. If you read our roundtable up on the website right now, this is my number one moment of the entire run. I think a fair, fair one to put up there. Um, it was just so shocking. Yeah, nobody saw it coming, and it it felt like the Abs had finally gotten over that hump, and the rest was was gravy train time. Right? Like yeah. they made it through a conference finals. The way they were playing was just outrageous. Mm -hmm. Everything was feeling good at, after that point. Um, well, and, and, and like the moment itself, like I, it's for me, that's why it's such a moment is sure. it's importance. It's time of the game, but also who's on the ice in that moment. Like yep. if you're, you know, when Nathan McKinnon does something spectacular against St. Louis, you're like, in, Nathan in game, McKinnon, in game yeah. five, he goes end to end and makes it four, three. And it's like, Oh my God. Like it's, Nathan McKinnon. Like, yep. it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, I mean, guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's not Eric Johnson passing to Logan O'Connor passing right, to Darren Allen. It's, yeah. it's such a weird mishmash of players on the ice yep. that you don't expect to produce a goal because it starts with McCarr behind the net going to EJ up the wall, who drops it to Logan O'Connor, who throws it across the zone off the wall, and Darren Helm one times it just steps into it. And who's driving the net? It's Gabe Landeskog. <laughs> it's such a weird combination of players that you that's part of what makes it shocking to me because you're standing there and you're like, okay, like one last rush. Hey, why not? We'll just see how it goes. Because when, the, when a team exits the zone with 12 seconds or whatever on the clock, moves it from behind their own net, you don't think anything's coming of it. It, it almost <laughs> never happens in, in hockey. You see buzzer beaters in hockey. There's like a handful of them every year in the however many thousand whatever games it is that get played across the season. 
It happens like a couple times. Yep. And for it to happen in an elimination game in the playoffs <laughs> to end a series, it was so shocking. <laughs> I was standing down in the bar for it, a bar that you could not move around in because no, there were so yeah. many people standing up and like nervously whatever. And the entire place just fell about. Yep. It was crazy. It's such an unassuming cast of characters to have on the ice in the final seconds of an elimination game, which speaks to Bednar's trust of each of those players mm -hmm. in this cup run. Like it's a level of trust that was sort of lost in last year's season because he really relied on the top players very heavily in a way he was forced to. But in looking at that cup run, it was very much everybody eats. And there was something of a moral victory that the Avs were able to escape the second round and the people that were a part of making that happen were the Darren Helms and the Eric Johnsons and the Logan O'Connors. I think that it makes it such a moral victory that sure, Nathan McKinnon could do it, but they don't need Nathan McKinnon to be the one to do it. Everybody on this team is contributing in an important way. And I think that's why we saw a fourth line that was deployed so in such a trusted way throughout that cup run. And, it's the type of depth I know the Avs are hungry to get back to for a reason because Bednar could deploy his players mm -hmm. so much more evenly because there was trust with everybody. Yep. I think this is a great point because we always talk about coaches and like the crutches that they <laughs> lean on. There isn't a coach out there that wants to do that. <laughs> they want to roll all yeah. four lines. They but want they to have feel trust like they in those have to, yeah. right. And this last run, Jared Bednar being like, I trust nine of you yeah. <laughs> on any given night. Brad Hunt yeeted. Like, we, Very we not are, trusted. We don't have defensemen right now. But this isn't going to work. Yeah, 26 seconds in game. He took one shift. It didn't even go well. And Bednar he just was goes, like, absolutely no. not. Yeah. Hard pass, rest of the night. This is game seven. Sorry, Brad. Uh, does Darren Helm have... Like five slap shot goals in his career. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it can't be many, right? I'm just saying that you never know what you're going to see in a cup run. We'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, I think he. I think he only scored two goals in that yeah, run. It's five points, two goals, three assists. Yeah, it was this goal, and the other one was in that game two beat down just of absolutely battering. Yeah, he had like the fifth goal, I think. Pick one. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the fifth goal. Yeah, um, whatever. Number two, and you can kind of go beyond the hat trick itself, but the existence of Nazem Kadri in this playoff run. Obviously, trick. everything in St. Louis. Love that. Yeah. I, there, you could, like, beyond the fact that this is an Avs podcast, so obviously you know what number one is in a run to the cup, it, there aren't a lot of moments in sports that go beyond the actual sport. And Kadri's did and and the ones that do you remember yeah like miracle on ice is as memorable as it was not just because the americans won that game but because it was during the cold war like yep. it was it was good versus evil you know it was like it was that's how it's built right like it, it was so much bigger than a hockey game and yep. you think you think about all the sports moments that had some sort of a bigger than the game messaging to it. You know, the first, the, the, the first game in New York post nine 11, where, yep. you know, emotions are running insanely high stuff, you know, stuff like that. Yep. It's a big list, 
not as big compared to the number of games that we all forget about in our lives. <laughs> not even but close. Like, of those games. And then, like, Nazem Kadri having to put up with that bullshit and responding in this way is one of the, like, all-time great FU moments in sports. Like, he just he just slammed the door in the face of an entire city. He tuned out outside noise that he shouldn't have needed to tune out. Mm-hmm. And it's such a full circle moment in his character arc that a player who was once known for letting emotions boil onto the ice in an unproductive way that harmed his team was able to channel it into something that brought about victory. And it was so on an individual level exciting for him, but also just the change in in him as a player to sort of that full circle moment for him to channel it into something productive was huge for Nazem Kadri. it, It was almost surreal watching that energy get transferred to St. Louis in mm-hmm. the the whiffed elbow after Kadri's second goal by uh, by Perron. Yes. Where it's like, oh, it's the other team that's doing the stupid shit now. Yeah. God, I'm forgetting how goonish St. Louis <laughs> yeah. was. Just yeah. shoving players in between whistles down around the net front. Yep. And especially towards Kadri where it was like everybody was mad at him because they all blamed him. For the Bennington thing. (laughs) For, yeah, the Bennington thing. And it was really fast. Like, how often do you watch, like, a full-blown villain, like, turn that around? Yep. Because, like, the hockey world writ large was, you know, Nazem Kadri was largely seen in the eyes of the world, uh, the hockey world, as, as a villain. Yep. And, you know, mostly to his own team, but, like, very villain-esque, right? And then that happened, and he goes through all that stuff. And his wife posts all that stuff on Instagram, and you get a look behind the curtain of what it was like for him in that time. And and the increased security, uh, the police presence around the avalanche at the team hotel. You know, the the silly stuff that took place, uh, the unacceptable stuff that took place during that series. Yeah. Uh, about Kadri, the person the, that that went way way personal, and to have the hockey world like give like Nazem Kadri like the standing O after that game tells you like the the foil that St. Louis became. Yep. In that series, you know, they found the bigger villain. <laughs> you know, Mark Zuckerberg needed Elon Musk to get good PR. <laughs> You know, like it's Nazem Kadri needed St. Louis, needed Jordan Bennington <laughs> and the St. Louis and the city of St. Louis, the, the, like the worst of the city of St. Louis. I don't want to like, obviously there, there are plenty of good people in every city and plenty of terrible people in every city. And those terrible ones were the ones that really fueled Kadri and fueled the, the heightened emotion of that series. Kadri and the, was, the oh, hatred is amazing. He was merely a mirror to hold up and show St. Louis who they were yeah. and who they continue to be now yeah. in the eyes of the avalanche. The enemy that they, is easy to beat. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. The Avs have historically had such a horrible record in St. Louis. And ever since that, the hatred. They've dominated. And, yeah. yeah. And the arch has been sitting in my backyard for two <laughs> years. They just can't win. They can't beat the Avs. Karmic justice, perhaps. Uh, A couple of honorable mentions before number one that just missed my list. Burkowski's goal in game one of the cup finals to win that game. 
Uh, and then the Kadri moment as well in the cup finals with his overtime goal that the seven nothing game couldn't put it on the lists. Yeah. I mean, the seven nothing game as a whole was fun. Yeah. Somebody in chat said beginning to end that game was just a party. It yeah, was true. It was. It, it's, it was weird, right? Because it's game two coming off of an OT loss. Mm -hmm. You're expecting to get the juice from Tampa. And it's it's Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> and as we know, the broadcast even talked about it, but we saw the footage from in the locker room. John Cooper was like, they're going to tire out. They're playing too fast. <laughs> this is not sustainable. And it was like, buddy, this beating has only just <laughs> begun. <laughs> it was sustainable. It turns out. Experience the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, and then number one, I I kind of left this one open because you can pick whichever moment does it for you. Winning the <laughs> cup, uh, you know, whether it's the actual moment of the clock ticking off or McKinnon hugging EJ on the ice or your favorite player lifting the cup in those celebrations, whatever it might be. You know what it is? It's Kale McCarr forechecking with 15 seconds <laughs> left. I, yes. <laughs> he... I wouldn't say like wins that race, but he is. He doesn't lose right it. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He and he he punishes. That. I don't remember who the player was along the wall. I think it's Headman. Nice. At the loser. That's what, that's who that player is. Well, and then as you remember, and as the puck is going up the ice, Kucherov is standing on the ice, throwing his shit. gear at the trainer because he's so mad. Yep. Yep. And it's it was good like times. like the meltdown that occurred in Tampa Bay. In that, in that series, and then in that game specifically, because you remember both goals, both goals that the Avalanche score in that game, they threw a giant hissy fit. Yep. A giant hissy fit. And they were wrong about both. Yep. I, I, and like they, and they, what's crazy is you remember the second goal? So uh, the, what ended up being they, the game winning goal. They whipped the puck right at the ref. Yeah. Well, so. That game-winning goal in, in why Tampa was mad was uh, in the defensive zone. Uh, Manson took down Belmar. Yep. And when they showed the replay. They just collided. Well, yeah. Belmar, Belmar was holding Manson's stick <laughs> and falls down with it in his hand. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. And so, and Tampa was screaming at them. And that's what started the odd man rush is because Manson jumped into the play with McKinnon and Lekkinen. Yep. And was on the right side. And then, so they lost their minds. But immediately after they scored the goal, Pat Maroon, I think it's Pat Maroon. Yeah, it is. Takes a two, like a full-blown baseball-style swing of his stick at Josh Manson. And the only reason he doesn't get him is because Josh Manson saw it. And put like, a stick in the middle of it and jumped. And then and laughs blocked, in his fucking and face. It. <laughs> but it, think of what would have happened if that did not happen. Actually, if he just doesn't wall up the guy, if, if he yeah. just smokes Manson. Do they throw Pat Maroon out of that game? Probably. I don't know how it wasn't a penalty, even even so, because not only that, they did. Stamkos whips the puck yep. at the referee when it happens, and you're talking about a team coming off back-to-back -back championships, known for their poise and cool, that are just and having are a meltdown. Having, yeah, they are having a nuclear, like their own little miniature Chernobyl is taking place on the ice. <laughs> And on the bench, they have completely lost the plot. And they spent so much of their energy that night, like with that baby back bullshit that come third period, they didn't have anything left in the tank to push back. It was a one goal game. They had nothing left in the tank to push back because they blew so much of their energy.
being salty. Yeah. On it, on being big mad about things that they were they were straight wrong about. Uh, that was our top five presented by Bet365, but it is a good point. And like, it isn't just that last game either. As in previous games, you had the whole Cooper debacle of him yeah. at the end of, what was it, game four or five, where he was like, yeah, it must have been game four, where afterward he has his press conference where he's like, there are a couple things we saw out oh, there that I'll I talk think, about it tomorrow. Yeah. And then tomorrow, and he's like, yeah, it turns out it wasn't a thing. It was. Yeah. The there whole was... city of Tampa Bay learned what a line change yeah. was because John Cooper came out the next day and was like, yeah, I was just emotional. wasn't actually that bad. A weird series that. And then there was the challenge where they gave him like two minutes <laughs> to decide if yeah. he wanted to challenge or not. Like, I don't know, man. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely no, uh, you've got whatever it is 30, 30 40 yeah. seconds whatever well the they showed the replay of it at, or whatever i don't know if it was on 24 7 or whatever it was one of it was one of, i mean it's yeah, definitely where, not that where but the, it was one of the the ref the is scenes mic'd up moments. yeah the ref is asking him yes or no yes or no he asked him like right five now, times yes or no yes or no <laughs> he just keeps asking well, him well and you remember he said no and then calls him back over right before the face off and was like no we want to challenge yeah. him this is such bullshit, man. <laughs> they got smoked in that game anyway, so it, was fine. it didn't matter. But uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Foco. You can go get your bobbleheads there today at foco.com. Use code DNVR to get 10% off your order. Don't break them like me and have to perform bobblehead rituals. Don't recommend uh, that. But, you know, if you have broken bobbleheads, maybe do a ritual for good health. I don't know. Uh, you can get more than just bobbleheads, too. They have licensed apparel for all major sports teams. So go check out all of the cool stuff they have, whether it be shirts, hats, uh, pullovers, you name it. They've got you covered over at FOCO.com. And also brought to you by the amazing folks over at Breckenridge Distillery. If you haven't heard, they've got a little competition going on right now to see which whiskey that the Broncos have they're running is better. Uh, you have the Ed McCaffrey whiskey as well as the, I think it's Alfred Williams. Let me make sure before I just start saying random names. Uh, either way, you can go over to BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Oh, I was right. It was at Alfred Williams. I got it. Sometimes lucky. Go over to BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos to vote today. You can win a bunch of Breck Distillery and Broncos swag for voting. And then take your favorite pictures of your Broncos. Go to games or just take them on the street. Doesn't matter. Hashtag them with Broncos Bourbon, and you have a chance to win two tickets to the Breckenridge Burby, Bourbon Whiskey Suite. I can talk uh, for New Year's Eve against the Chargers, which that's just an awesome experience all the way around. Go on Instagram. Use the Broncos Bourbon hashtag. They'll narrow their top 10 favorite pictures down on December 1st, and then there'll be a fan vote for you to get into the suite. Uh, same place, BreckenRidgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos to go vote on that. They have tons of other products as well, whether it be vodka, seltzers, uh, or other options. Go check them out. Uh, they're available in all 50 states. If you want to shop online, you can do so at BreckenRidgeDistillery.com, or you can find them at the distillery if you're here locally. Uh, go check them out. Delicious stuff. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I'm sure there were some moments that I didn't have on my list. What do we got? You've touched on it, but okay. it was the Kadri overtime winner. That For sure. wasn't clear on if it had gone in. And part of that was 
having just returned from broken yeah. thumb surgery and only inside that week had just begun taking shots again a I, question of could he, he even yeah shoot he the could puck? not really shoot <laughs> the answer is not exactly and so he was undoubtedly not at 100 percent when this happened in, yep. in that return and was able to get the ot winner and i love to this the part then about the team slowly realizing that it had gone in with byram being the one to see it on ice all of that was so incredible I want to say, too, like just before that, Byram had been denied an opportunity himself and was just yep. I mean, that was happening quite a bit. <laughs> but <Off> the post. <laughs> it was very nice for Byram to sort of be the one to appreciate that moment first. I think he deserved that <laughs> just after so many close calls and being on the doorstep of scoring opportunities himself. So it was just a really cool moment. And then born from that is the Too Many Men T-shirt that raises money for Kadri's nonprofit yep. that he wears in the parade. It's, in my opinion, such a tasteful way of being sassy about that. <laughs> in it, yet again, another productive way to he channels that into something very productive and that just the parade itself holds so many special moments, but that being born from the opportunity on ice, um, it's just such a multifaceted, incredible moment for Kadri and an, just another one for him too in that cup run. Yeah. I, it's incredible how many different players have moments in the run, to be honest. It, this was not, you know, I know Kale McCarr wins the Colin Smythe and was incredible and all of that. But hey, you know what's amazing about this? Amazing about this, because I didn't know at the time and I, only until recently when I was looking it up for this top 25 list and like like deep diving on some like where things are historically. Kilmacar's 29 points in the postseason is the fourth highest yeah. total ever for a defenseman in the playoffs. In 20 games. And he did it in 20 games. <laughs> yep. 20. It, it's incredible. Incredible. And yep. like he was the obvious choice for the for the Con Smythe, I thought. I think but so. But I still think historically that his postseason that year is underappreciated. Maybe. Because you compare it, Miro Haskinen, I think, also had twenty eight or twenty nine points when the stars went to the went Stanley to the Cup, Cup final in the and bubble. Lost, yeah. But he had like it was like twenty five or twenty six games that he played. Yeah. To get there. Still an amazing accomplishment, I'm not taking it away. But when you think about what McCarr did in just twenty games. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's and it's crazy. You could go like through the whole list. Obviously, McCarr had great moments. Josh Manson had multiple great moments, including an overtime winner. Uh, Byram was great a lot, Josh even Manson for not scoring. Val so Nachushkin. Yeah, Val Nachushkin was a monster. You remember Val Nachushkin getting robbed in Game Two of the Cup Final, going for the hat trick. And he made that great move to his backhand, and yep. Boshalevsky flashed the leather and makes an unreal glove save on him to keep him from scoring a hat trick. And it was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> the way it goes. And, but, then, and then the Avs scored like three or four more goals after yep. that and like put up the what is to date the worst game of his career <laughs> in a cup final. Yep. <laughs> But but you, you go down the list even at the bottom. We already mentioned Darren Helm. Andrew Cogliano scored a couple of big goals, even if one did bounce in off his knee. <laughs> he had the shorthanded right. goal that ran yep. David Riddick in game one. Yep. It's it, every single part of the lineup. You're like, oh, okay, that guy did something dope. JT Comfer coming out of yeah. the box. Beating Edmund, be destroying Evan Bouchard's whole career. JT Comfer <laughs> had two, because game six doesn't happen without JT Comfer, who scores uh, game six against St. Louis. Yeah. Because he scores both of the goals. 
He scored that first goal in front of the net on the little rebound, and then the second goal at the end of the power play. He's just skating into the zone with the puck. Like, all right. They give him too much room, and he just wires a puck past Villejuso. And then the goal again, the, the, the Bouchard goal, he's the last guy in the building to realize the puck goes in. Yep. Mike Smith knew before JT Comfort. <laughs> he, he like, is skating around him, trying to poke around for well, the rebound he, or so something. So, yeah, he yeah. stops because he thinks it's in his pad. Yep. He stops, and he's, like, looking. He's like, okay, if that thing squirts loose, I'm ready. And it's already trickling and in. his yeah. teammates are celebrating, yeah. and JT's still standing there. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if it was auditory or if he actually saw it, but, it's like, the alarm went off where yep. it was like, oh, God, I scored. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Pavel Francois going 6-0. and Yep. Your backup goaltender... Does not lose a game in the I playoffs. Just, <laughs> it, it sweeps Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yep. I, What's not to love? What a what a weird run, too. I it mean, was weird. It was... I, there's nothing normal about it. The fact that they were so good, the fact that all the craziness happened... It, like every moment you look at it, it's like, this is some weird thing. Like, well, and talking about the bad luck of the St. Louis series, and they get it all back in the cup final against yep, Tampa Bay, yep. where they had the bounces that they just. Tampa Bay's getting, strategy yep. was brilliant because they realized after game two, we, we cannot can't play hockey. Cannot with these skate with these dudes. We yeah. can't do it. And so they said, our goalie's better. We are going to try and score one or two goals per game and ask Vasi to do the rest. And they completely shut down any transition offense, especially after game three, where they just tore apart a terrible abs performance. Yep. But they, no transition. They were not attacking. They were just defending, blocking shots, and waiting for the abs to make a mistake and trying to capitalize on it. And that's how, like, Jan Ruda scores. Um, that first goal in game five in Denver, where he just skates down. He just shoots one that beats Kemper's short side. And that's... Their strategy was working well enough to be competitive. And then that the abs got the Cogliano off of his knee and it goes yep. into the net for the game tying goal. And then they score a real goal for yep. the, for that. Cause their first two goals of that game, the first one is on that power play and the puck just bounces around. I think it's off Nathan McKinnon and goes in. Well, and, and so they got those, that those bounces that they survived in, in against St. Yep. Louis, Tampa <laughs> did not survive against the abs. And, and you get to game six and, this is not going to go down as a good historical goalie performance for Darcy Kemper. But at the end of the day, in the game that mattered, he outduels Andre Vasilevsky. Yep. He's one goal better than the best goalie of this generation. Like, yep. And like amazing too, that <laughs> Vasi's that the game six performance in Tampa from Vasilevsky is insane. Yep. Because if you rewatch that third period, the abs are, dying to make that thing <laughs> three four five one they are trying everything to to put the stake in that dynasty just drive drive that last dagger through the heart of like that the tampa bay's relevance their window their opportunity for history and vasilevsky just does not budge he's incredible darcy kemper is asked to make a couple of big saves in that third period and does it yeah totally worth the first round pick Every cup is worth the first Completely round pick. Completely worth. I mean, if they lost, what is the 31st pick? They win, it's the 32nd pick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is so beyond worth. <laughs> um, 
One last question for you as we do have to wrap up here. Start with the one I wanted as we have a clip here of my favorite cup celebration moment. <laughs> so good. I, love, I love the security guard. Yeah. That like sees it happening and he puts himself like right there to help him when it's like, okay. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, which just couldn't a, stop dropping. Which is the a cup. terrifying position to be in. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near an unstable Curtis McDermott. <laughs> he goes another just that angle. Yeah. I'm smashed. Smushed. It's <laughs> he it's was a, smashed. It's like you he were was smushed. smashed. I'd be smushed. <laughs> it's a, it's like Paul Bunyan like tripping over something and falling down. Like you don't want to be anywhere near that blast zone. No. Yeah, the uh, uh, painful boom on that one for sure. Uh, I, you know, pick your favorite knack, dropping it immediately after they win it. Uh, I don't. Do you guys have one? Sam Gerard doing cartwheels yeah, at the parade yeah. after breaking his sternum. <laughs> Definitely safe. Bowen Byram being mistaken for a, <laughs> for a person. Yes, no, I'm with the team. It's yeah. No, I play for the abs. Sure, buddy. We Nico all ran do. today in the. I'm too drunk to continue speaking English. I'm going to go hang out with Lecky. Both of them doing shoeies. Yeah. Gross. Jared Bednar, like, bawling like on stage. during his yeah. speech where you were like. I can't think about it. Yeah. And, but yeah. moments before that, smoking a cigar like yeah. the coolest person on the planet. This is the profile picture of many Avalanche fans on right. the internet yeah. now. Truly. Incredible. <laughs> it was oh a good time. Oh, God. Yeah. To I, say I mean, least. Landis Gog without the shirt and the Swedish flag. The Swedish flag. Yep. Like, this is sounding like the least Swedish man <laughs> ever <laughs> while he's talking. He barely has a voice by the end of it. <laughs> God, it was so. All of the things about it were really just. So good. The emotional pep. That was a good final episode. Series finality hit hard. Bam. Uh, we'll leave it there. Make sure you get your Shady Rays, though. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code DNVR when you order two pairs or more. You get 50% off your entire order. Uh, they're awesome at what they do. Rated over 250,000 people at five stars. Uh, go get them. Enjoy your Shady Rays. Check out their stock. Get them replaced in the first month. If you lose them, don't like them or break them, they will get them replaced for you. Yeah, uh, that's all I got. Wear your Shady Rays because... It's awesome when you're hungover at the party and the parade because that's what you need to do. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's a chance there could be another parade in the not-too-distant future for Colorado. But for now, we're going to get out of here. Hope everyone enjoys their long weekend. We are off Monday for Labor Day, but we will be back Tuesday with some uh, some pretty exciting stuff. Should be, a, should be a fun announcement on Tuesday. So we hope to see you there, and we will talk to you on the next one.